Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Following Hawks Earth Grid Keeper Amy Dempster. Amy is an earth tender and portal keeper, communicating and working with spirit and healing the energies of nature. She has learned to speak the language of nature, and now she is helping lightworkers, starseeds, and others with a deep connection and draw to nature on their spiritual journeys as well. For more information, you can visit Amy's website, which is followinghawks.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Amy to the show. Good day, Amy. Hello. Thank you for having me today. It is my pleasure. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. I am a fellow nature enthusiast, so I'm just looking forward to to learning from you today. Um, Absolutely. Before we get in. Great. Before we get into the following hawks and and the um, earth grid and that kind of thing, one of the things I noticed on your website is is that you indicated that um, in your youth you did a lot of um, astral work, a lot of things, you know, where um, you would be working during the day and then at night doing work as well and being tired. I remember that so clearly myself doing that. I mean, it was. No one could understand why I could be so tired in the morning after sleeping hours. <laughs> it's true. I, I think I went to more than one parent-teacher conference for falling asleep during class. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, and the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I think, you know, there are a lot of people out there who do that, who, you know, that that's a, you know, it happens more often, I think, than people would, would recognize. So I just wanted to, to let, you know, kind of let it, be out there, you know, that if anybody is experiencing that kind of thing. Uh, now, I'm, I don't know, how how did you um, resolve the um, balance? Oh, goodness. I think I'm still learning how to resolve the balance. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think okay. I still do. I still do a lot of work at night, and sometimes I wake up and have to go back to sleep an hour later. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's... Yeah, really okay, well, I, I was just... What I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying what I what I've come to realize is that when it when it gets to be a little too much and I have lots of things going on during my waking hours that are keeping me uh very busy or uh extra committed and I just really, really need to get a good night's sleep, um, I I will just tell my guides that I, I need a break for a little while and they need to let me sleep at nighttime and get a good night's sleep. And they listen for the yeah. most part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, was, I was kind of the same way. It's like, you know, listen, <laughs> I need my rest, you know, and if you want me to be effective, you know, you got to give me that time. So um, anyway. Exactly. Yeah, I just, exactly. I, <laughs> they don't I know thought it was like to be human all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So, um, 
Yeah, but it's and anyway. I, I just wanted to point that out because again, I think you know a lot of people have experienced experienced that. And first of all, they're not alone. You're not alone in that. And then also, you know, that would be a great way to handle it. So, um, okay. So now you are in Montana right now, and and I understand. I am. Um, it was a um, you had kind of a, a leap of faith in a journey to get there. So can you tell us a little bit, tell the listeners, a little bit about um, the lead-up into ending up in Montana? Yeah, I, you know, I really kind of did the traditional, uh, you know, go to college, get a job, work in <laughs> corporate America mm-hmm. path for many years, and kind of, you know, through that time, I was, I really had kind of a gradual spiritual awakening over, you know, a number of years. And as the years went by, it was getting more and more difficult to really just be in an office and be in a big city all day, every day, uh, you know, all year long. And it was really taking a a toll on me. And at some point, um, while meditating, I really clearly heard the message that I needed to be near pine trees and water. And I didn't know where that was. (laughs) I mean, I had a lot of ideas where it could be, um, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't specific. And at the time, my husband and I had had kind of discussed that we would be open to moving somewhere and um, we, we just weren't totally sure where. And so after receiving that message, I really just kind of put it out to the universe that, you know, show me where that is and and where I need to be. And at the time, I was still feeling like, well, I have this job. I can't just, you know, I need to need to have a work wherever it is I'm going. And so um, I thought if another similar job opened up in somewhere that felt like the right place, that I would apply for the job. And so Gosh, not even maybe a month later, um, I saw a position posted that was in Montana that uh, was the exact same job I had at the time, uh, but just in this area. And we had never been to Montana. We didn't know anybody here. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't anything. It wasn't on our list (laughs) of places we, we had thought about. Um, but it, it fit the bill, and so I just sent off my resume thinking uh, I'll probably never hear from them again, and it all happened really, really quickly, and within two months, we had uh, sold our house, quit our jobs, and moved to Montana, so it really was, um, you know, it was a big leap of faith, and it really was uh, challenging to, you know, finally make that decision when, when it came down to it, but um, we've just been been so happy with the move and, and so happy to be here now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's great. You know, there's I think there are a lot of people right now. You know, in that well, with what the world has gone through as far as work, you know, upending work, traditional work for people, um, that um, right. a lot of people are you know considering that shift. You know, following you know yeah. that that guidance and and. Um, you know, and, and it, I mean, that's, you know, that's dramatic and, and leap of, like I said, when we said leap of faith, it's um, sometimes that's that's what you need to do. <laughs> well, you don't need Absolutely. to. Absolutely. And my guys called it a couple of years ago. They, they said this is a, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that I, I, when I said you need to, kind of, it's like you don't have to. You always have free will. But it's really 
it can be really fun following that intuition to see where it leads. Absolutely. I mean, any choice we make just takes us down, you know, kind of a different path and, and a different timeline. But certainly there are many, many people realizing that, that they'd like to move uh, after this past year um, and with their their job situations shifting and changing. And um, my, my guides a couple of years ago called it the uh, great migration and that people were going mm. to be drawn to where they they energetically need to be. And so these, these places that you say, I don't know anybody, I don't know why I would go there, it was never on my list, and you suddenly find yourself there. Yeah, I've, I've moved a few times in my life, and, and most of the time it has been places that hadn't been on my list. Like, you know, you said Montana was not on your list. I mean, they weren't on my list, um, but, you know, things just unfolded that, you know, and, you know, you know, that it would work out. I would be, you know, either in New Mexico or Nevada or California. But it, but it was um, each time um, I didn't know anybody there. But it was it was wonderful to kind of um, you know have the the chance to start over in a way. You know, kind of you know yeah. you have a way to kind of yeah. really paint your picture as you want. Right, right. Start start all over and and have a new adventure. Exactly. Now, I understand that there have been a series of unusual encounters that you've had with hawks, and hence maybe following hawks as far as your website. So can you <laughs> tell us about about the hawks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it really, it started in, I think, around early 2008. And, you know, obviously I, the area that I had lived in, it wasn't unusual to see a hawk or a couple of hawks, but all of a sudden I was having really close up encounters with them. You know, they would um, fly right in front of me while I was walking on a trail and perch on a low branch, you know, kind of at my eye level. Or um, I had one fly and not hit my window of my house, but kind of tap it and then, you know, sit on the the fence next to the window um, while I came out to look. And just a whole bunch of different things things like that, that that culminated in um, kind of a, a, you know, a bad day that I was having. I was sick, and I had started a new job that um, was very stressful, and our dog was very sick, and so I had taken him to the vet and was sitting in the waiting room kind of trying to figure out what, what to do next, and a woman walked in with this huge cage covered up I couldn't see when she came in but she sat it right next to my feet and you told the people at the uh at the vet's office I'm I'm here with the injured hawk (laughs) so really at that point I was like what is happening what is going on and really you know I've uh over a number of years now have come to see it was really just the you know, what I needed to get me to start asking questions and to really get me even further um, kind of on this on this spiritual journey because it really did. I, you know, initially started saying, what what is this all about? Where are these messages coming from? Is this a loved one who's trying to get my attention? And so really in, in the asking of the questions, it led me on obviously a, a much, much larger uh, spiritual path. And so... Um, when I started sharing and writing about my stories online um, and needed to come up with, you know, a name for uh, my blog, my website at the time, 
I just thought following hawks was <laughs> the perfect thing because that was really what, what started it and, and what I felt like I was always doing is just kind of following following the next message that came along. Oh, good. Well, I, I love that, you know, and um, and I just, you know, hawk, when, when, when you cross paths with a hawk, it, it's just one of those things that just, for me, it, it's um, like a magical moment because they're just such beautiful creatures, you know, and um, they really you know, are when fun. they're close enough, yeah, and when they're close enough for you to see, I mean, there's there's a lot of trust there that, um, you know, because they're, they're pretty skittish. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've come to realize that uh, because, of course, with a blog called Following Hawks, I hear from so many people who have a deep connection to hawks or have had similar types of interactions with them. And, and so I, I've come to believe that the hawks are, are part of the, you know, they must be involved in uh, the spiritual awakening of humanity. <laughs> They're so, well, I uh, think so. so yeah. many people in that way. <laughs> I know. I know. That's great. Um, so now um, one of the things – I learned about you is that you um, are able to speak with the spirits of the land. So tell us, um, tell us about that. You know, tell, you know, the spirits of the land, how you talk, how that came about. Yeah. Well, after moving to Montana, while I was out on my just daily walks in my neighborhood, I started um, hearing messages that, um, you know, in my head that sound like me talking to myself, but that I didn't put there, you know, and that was really the first Mm -hmm. time I'd had that kind of experience. And so it was really over kind of a matter of months initially where I started again, questioning, where is this coming from? And where are these messages coming from? Who is talking to me? And I really um, finally put together, it was the trees that were um, oftentimes just asking, you know, could you pick up that trash over there? <laughs> can you cut back this branch? And so the more I really listened and tuned in, um, the more the conversations kind of uh, grew. And, you know, initially I was just trying to figure out, like, how, how do I have these conversations and what other uh, energies could I, can I talk to? And so it really, for me, was a lot of trial and error over um, a number of years and kind of figuring things out and putting pieces together. But ultimately, um, what, you know, what my work is now and, and what I do is really uh, communicating deeply with this, what I call the spirits of the land, but there's a, a variety of that would um, fall into that category. And so some of them are obviously the ones we see, like trees or plants or mountains or um, stones, those types of things. But there's many that we don't, you know, see with our um, with our regular sight and vision. But they are in um, are the same places that we live all around us, and they are energetically working with the land and taking care of uh, things all around us. And so, as I started working with them, I really learned um, how to do healing work together. Uh, with them because, you know, so much of the energy and trauma and stories from generation after generation um, are still held in the land. And so when you work together with these spirits, um, you can help to uh, do healing work and release some of this energy that's still affecting us that we, we all can still feel today. 
Wow. Wow. Um, and I want to get to that, that healing work in a little bit. But um, speaking of the land and, and when you got there, um, I understand that you opened up seven portals on the land. So tell us about that, <laughs> you know, about yeah. portals, yeah. how you came to find so them, what, and what that was all about. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we've been in Montana for um, seven years, actually seven years this week. And the first few years, you know, we were um, renting and, you know, trying to find where exactly we wanted to live and, and settle down. But the place that we live now, where, that we built a home on uh, about three and a half years ago now, um, from the beginning when I really started tuning in and, and working with the land here, it kept, uh, there was a specific place on the land that kept showing itself to me in my mind's eye during meditation or whatnot, it would just spontaneously kind of come to me. And so I would walk out to that spot. I knew where it was and would stand there. And I could kind of feel some energy, but I never really got any messages. And so, gosh, for probably a year and a half, <laughs> it would show itself to me. Okay. And I would go out there and say, what do you want to tell me? <laughs> and nothing would happen. <laughs> And so after, after about a year and a half, all of a sudden the messages started coming through. And, and partially I think some of that, that was really what was happening with the land here in general when we moved here because um, this land had been logged, I don't know how long ago, but maybe 30, 40 years ago. And so although a lot of the, the trees and vegetation um, has grown back, it certainly isn't the kind of original energetic state of the area and after after a you know a pretty significant um clearing like that oftentimes the spirits just kind of withdraw or leave or go somewhere else and so it can take some time to kind of reestablish that connection connection have them um you know get back involved have them trust humans again and so that was really kind of what was happening over, over that period of time. I think they were definitely checking me out <laughs> and deciding, uh, you know, if it was safe to come out now. But after a year and a half, I got a message that um, they actually wanted me to, to go get a very specific uh, crystal and then open a portal. And obviously, initially, my concern, you know, was like, open a portal. <laughs> I don't know about that. What's, what's going to happen? Are we going to have some, you know, <laughs> uh, be hey, really? with what am I going to lose? I don't want here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, really? I don't know about this. <laughs> um, but they very much reassured me. And, you know, it's, it's a really good example. Of course, now it's been, uh, oh, I don't know, a couple of years since, um, since it first happened. And I, you know, you start realizing, Oh, you, I've done this work before, you know, I've done it in other lifetimes. I've done it in other places. And so, um, you know, it, it's just a matter of remembering how to do the work. But, um, after, after opening the first one, I was then told, well, there's six more. And although I was kind of shocked to initially hear that, um, I knew immediately where they were, you know, it was like all of a sudden in my head, I thought, oh, I know exactly where each one of these are. And so um, really it's been a a remembering and a learning process for me the last couple of years, figuring out um, how do portals work or what is happening here? What energies are using them? What do you need me to do? And so, um, yeah, so I've been sharing stories and, um, and, you know, really learning as I go. Well, that's it's really interesting. So, 
do is the opening of the portal um uh is it energetic I mean, you know when you think of a portal you think of some a thing from one spot to another you know i mean um so so what what does the opening of it do i mean what you know i mean is it just yeah, energetic exactly release what it what? is okay yeah, so I always say, because portals and vortexes kind of go in the, you know, go hand in hand. So I always explain it like okay. the vortex is the interstate and the portal is the exit. And so um, there are places where there's energy moving through, but there isn't necessarily a door to, you know, come and go. And so a portal really is that. And, and for us, humans, you know, to travel in the vortex, it's really, we're using our consciousness to do that. So through a shamanic journey or a meditation, you can step into the portal and uh, travel in space and time. And so you can, Mm -hmm. uh, you can specifically intend uh, to go somewhere or you can um, kind of go into it and you know, depending on how you journey or how you meditate, you may see yourself kind of traveling this tube of energy. And, uh, you know, when you see a door, you can open it and step out and connect with whatever um, energies or guides might be there for you and, and receive messages or healing or do energy work um, in that way. And so, and then of course, there are other energies from all over the universe that are doing the same thing. And they're um, traveling through these if they want to come on to the earth plane to uh, observe or do their own work, then um, they would use a portal to do that. Okay. And so now back to our, what am I letting in <laughs> kind of thing? Is it just right. um, supportive? I mean, it's something, you know, the idea of working with and healing, you know, the earth and nature. Is that the, the key principle? Yeah, and what I've learned really, there's there's a variety of different types of portals, and but okay. what's important about them is what frequency they're vibrating at, and so um, really the energies that can use the portal have to um, match or be higher than that frequency. So I what see. happens okay. when you have the ones where people say, "Oh, I have." A portal in my, they're usually in closets. I don't know why. <laughs> closets. <doesn't laughs> okay. um, I, have a, I have a portal in my mm. closet that's letting scary things in. Um, it's uh, oftentimes those are ones that have been kind of spontaneously or accidentally opened, um, usually through a buildup of, um, you know, painful emotions. And it's, what's really happening is it's just energies that can match that frequency that are coming in. And so it may be that you don't like those energies and so um, and you don't want them in your home. And so those are usually the ones that you um, might want to close or you have to work at raising the vibration um, of the portal so that different types of energies can use them. So in the case of the ones that are here, there's a variety of different kind of things in place. Um, Uh, I have specific crystals that are in them that are kind of holding the vibration in place. Um, When they first opened, there definitely was a lot of, uh, I guess you would say, calibrating (laughs) and and getting it, uh, getting it just right. Um, But there, there is a specific spirit that is kind of the, um, you know, 
portal keeper for each one that really watches, you know, who's coming in and okay. um, and what's going on. And then there is some general, um, you know, energetic security <laughs> on the property yeah. that's really keeping an eye okay. on uh, what's going on. <laughs> so there, it, it's pretty, at this point, it's pretty mellow. There isn't too many, you know, crazy things that, that show up or, or go on around here. <laughs> Well, that's that's good, you know. But you know, and it, see, the, I'm just I just think that it's you know fascinating when you're talking about energy. That there's just so many, um, so much we don't know really when it comes down to it. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and and uh, you know, so um, it's always interesting to to hear how we can work with energies. And now, yeah, um, yeah. but I do want to yeah, we're, since we're streaming live, I do want to. Uh, we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes, but so I do want to let uh, listeners know if you want to call in and ask Amy any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And if you're listening live in the chat room and if you have any questions, feel free to um, type them in there. Um, okay, so now one of the things that, um, you know, you were talking about, you know, closets, you know, I mean, the first thing that came in my mind was, of course, port- poltergeist, you know, the, you know, the idea, yeah, of, yeah. you know, <laughs> being pulled through the closet. And, um, but now, see, in that particular case, I mean, you know, I think we, you know, the world has been kind of brainwashed in a little bit, of, you know, that when we start thinking, the first thing we think of is, is that kind of situation. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, but it's, it's, it's good to know that, you know, energetically that you, you know there's things that you can do to you know not to go down that kind of rabbit hole um or, or to keep the riffraff right. out um <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and you know this is a big part of what i do and what i what i try to communicate and share uh, more than anything is that you're right we have been conditioned by you know movies and tv and books that um, there are, you know, scary things in the universe and that we have no control over it. And, you know, there are, there are, of course, all kinds of things in the universe, some of which we don't want hanging around in our house. And, but it doesn't mean we don't have control over it. And ultimately, you know, our home, uh, we decide, we make the rules <laughs> of who we want in our right. home, who we want interacting with our, our energy body. And so once we really know and understand that and can get over a little bit of the fear um, and really start working with it, you realize you have a lot more um, say <laughs> and control over how these things work than, than we've been led to believe. Good. <laughs> Excuse me. That's really good for people to know. Okay, so we're going to take a, a quick break, Amy, and then when we come back, um, one of the things um, that you t- uh, teach or talk about um, is the idea of unlocking uh, the hidden sacred places in nature. Um, I'm, I'm about, to, after today's show, I'm about to go into my favorite gardens in all the world. So mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about that. <laughs> okay? Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link 
that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. Is my special guest is Amy Dempster. She's um, an Earth Grid Keeper and also a blogger, and you can find her at Following Hawks. Um, again, on Facebook, she has a group there uh, called Following Hawks. You can check that out if you're on Facebook. So we're back, Amy. Yes. Hello. Okay. All right. So um, let's talk about um, the idea of magic hidden and in sacred places in nature. So, you know, talk a little bit. I mean, whenever I go out in nature, um, it's, to me it's just one of the most calming, um, grounding, balancing, you know, types of things that, that I can do or, you know, that anyone can do. So um, can, can you tell us about the idea of sacred places and, and, and what's hidden? I mean, wh- how, how do we find that hidden magic? Yeah, it's, you know, it's really fascinating because I think um, we've really been, again, kind of led to believe that um, there's only these certain special places or sacred places in the world. And, you know, there's some of the big ones that, that you think about, like Stonehenge or Machu Picchu, and certainly those are sacred and special um, and some of that may be related to specifically to um, the energy of the place where they are, but much of it is created by the people who have been working with it for many, many generations. And so the more that we recognize that the land all around us, and oftentimes it's the land your house is sitting on, uh, can also be and also um, hold many uh, bits of wisdom and be very much sacred as well. And so really it's about um, intentionally working together with a place to uh, kind of unlock that wisdom uh, to be shared. And so, um, you know, I think one of the phrases that, that comes to mind is the idea that wisdom is stored in stone and in bone. And really that's you know, the, literally the stone in some case, but the earth, and then also within our bones. And so when we come to nature and connect in that way, um, there's all kinds of information that, that we can learn and, um, and connect with. And so, you know, really some of it is just having an intention that you're going to work with a place in that way and that, that you want to um, create a relationship over, over a period of time. But, um, 
a lot of it is just in the experimenting, you know. Um, take a, an instrument or a, a sound tool out and, you know, play it to your, your favorite place or do some toning exercises and send it, um, send that, that tone from your voice down into the earth, you know, sit and with a notebook and uh, channel messages that are coming through. And so um, I actually uh, led a group in doing this for a month long period of time last summer. And it was just amazing the things that, um, that came through for all of us, me included. I, I picked a place to work with as well. And um, some of the information that came through was even on some, uh, how to do some new uh, healing type modalities that um, hadn't occurred to me <laughs> and I, I wasn't aware of. They showed me how to, how to do um, some of those things and really just reconnected also with, with my soul family and um, really learned a lot from them as well. And so really when you spend even just a matter of a few weeks going once a week, twice a week, and intentionally tuning in and connecting um, you'll be surprised what you learn about that place and also about yourself. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, intention is, is very important. Um, now, when we're, we're talking about healing, and we we talked about uh, you know like that clearing up out there about you know thirty years ago, you said, and the um, scar that it probably left. Um, how uh, how would one um, uh, tune in or become aware of um, any part of nature where you know that needs healing. How would we know? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, well, sometimes we feel it somewhere we're on or yeah, our neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's the the types of places where you say, "I don't like the feeling of that," you know, or that feels creepy oh, or weird. Wow. So sometimes it's just really obvious in that way. But oftentimes, um, what I suggest is asking and intending to connect uh, in meditation through or to the keeper of the land. And that's a um, specific spirit that oversees an area larger than just your home. So it kind of, you know, sometimes they'll show me on a map how, <laughs> how big of an area, but it's like at least the neighborhood and, and maybe a little bigger depending on kind of the features in your neighborhood. Um, but that's the spirit that really knows kind of what's happened there, um, any problems that there are, why it's happened, and they, they're usually who I work with to facilitate healing work. And so when you connect with uh, the keeper, you can ask specifically, you know, show me what is important for me to see here. Um, tell me what happened here. And, um, and usually they'll – it's Oftentimes, you know, especially these spirits, they're communicating more telepathically. So it does depend on kind of your own um, intuitive uh, gifts or leanings, the ones that are stronger for you. But oftentimes it comes through in, in pictures and feelings, and you kind of have to um, work your way through it and, you know, ask clarifying questions and, and see. But once you kind of have an idea of what happened in the area, then you can work through, you know, is there is is this something you want my help with? Um, because sometimes they, it's not. You know? It's not just because something doesn't feel good to us doesn't mean it's our job to, to just blaze in there and, and fix it. But oftentimes <laughs> right. if they're showing it to you, it's, it's because they'd like your assistance. And so then you can kind of work through um, what is it that needs to be done? How would you like me to accomplish that? You know, are there any other 
spirits that we need to call in to help us. Um, and what's interesting, and, you know, this for me was kind of a learning process, too, because when they were first showing me how, how to do this work, um, you know, I thought, well, if, if you as the spirits already know what the problem is, how come, you know, you need me uh, to do anything? And, you know, it is something you can accomplish on your own. But really, you know, we're ones uh, in incarnated humans here on the earth plane um, that can anchor it and anchor that healing in and really um, make it real on this earth plane. So sometimes they will say, we want to do a ceremony. Um, will you just hold space? And really in, in doing that, um, I'm kind of bridging that gap between, you know, the other side of the veil and this one uh, to anchor that healing into reality on this, uh, this plane. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> so um, now one of the things that I understand is that you work with Earth Living Library. Um, tell us about that. I've never heard of Earth Living Library. Yeah. Well, so I first heard about it actually in um, Barbara Marciniak's uh, channel book with the Pleiadians. It's called oh. Earth. I I love that book. <laughs> I, I call that I say that book is a portal because every time I open it, no matter how many times I've read it, it's like this wasn't here before. I swear this wasn't here before. Uh, whatever information, whatever I'm looking for is always like whatever page it flops open to. It's it's, it's pretty magical. Um, but they so the Pleiadians talk about it in in that book um, really as being it's you really kind of have to think about uh, you know the universe from a much wider, more you know cosmic. Um, perspective in that all of these different, um, you know, beings from all over the galaxy or universe, probably larger than our galaxy, um, brought uh, their information together in a kind of potluck. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, their wisdom, their teachings, their information. And then it was um, spread into libraries uh, throughout the universe. And so Earth has one of these libraries. Um, but it's not, although it kind of works in the way a library would, where you can access information, it's not in the physical in the same way we would think about it. It really is held in the fabric of the earth. So every um, grain of sand, every stone, every everything um, holds this information. And you can kind of think about it like the Akashic Records for the earth, but it is, um, you know, it's not necessarily just a record. Um, of things that have happened, but again, just um, wisdom related to the earth. And so uh, what's interesting and that I have found the more I kind of connect and, and work with it is that it takes a human, you know, a human is really the, the key in the lock of the door of the library. So um, if you are a, um, uh, you know, a star being from anywhere else, in the universe and you would like to access the Earth's library. And in many cases, there is a need for um, this information to be shared uh, elsewhere off of Earth, then uh, you need to work with a human to um, have access to that information. So oftentimes, these are, these are our soul families. These are our star families. And, and there are other versions of us in other timelines kind of coming through to say, hey, I need this bit of information. And it may not be that literal <laughs> where they're asking you in that way, but they're wanting to work with you to share information. And, um, and that's really what's happening is you're able to um, unlock and make available 
uh, that wisdom that's needed in other places as well as on Earth. Wow! Wow, that's that's very interesting. Um, I hadn't, you know, I love Barbara Marciniak's writings, and as a matter of fact, I have a a friend who's a clairvoyant, and um, whenever he has a client, and one of the first things that usually one of the first things that pops up with a certain subset is a triple eight, eight eight eight, and for him, it oh. was like a sign of Pallades. And um, anyway, and every single time that that happens, he tells them, of course, you know, and the, f- the first reaction is, yep, sounds right, <laughs> you know, and um, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's this very interesting because it's just one of those unique things. I mean, you know, he's had hundreds of clients over the 30 years or so. And um, again, it's just a small subset, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a definite uh, com- symbolic kind of communication, and um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I really do feel that the, you know that seed, you know, uh, Palladian seed is here, you know, in, in genetic mm-hmm. genetically um, in certain people, and that um, and and I kind of when you know whenever it happens. Um, I mean, he'll tell me just that part. He won't, won't tell me the readings, but he'll just yeah. say, you know, another right. Palladian. <laughs> there's another like, oh, I know. I know. And I think yeah, we, get, we get sent to certain people and certain, you know, for that reason, to make that connection um, because because they are part of our soul family as well. Exactly, exactly. Oh, gosh. Um, one of the things on your website is you have something called an Earth Tenders Academy. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, I it, it is an online uh, self-paced course, but it really um, walks people through really um, and the entire process <laughs> of uh, connecting with the land. And so it really starts off initially um, really on uh, basic energy work, how to work, um, if you're familiar with shamanic terms, how to work in the, in the middle world, which is where the spirits of the land exist, um, is, is in that spot. And so how to safely um, do that work and interact in that way. And then it really goes into um, helping you make a deep connection with the place that you live. And so uh, that really is getting to know um, the spirits of the land, where you live, um, the land itself, the features, you know, where does the water come from? Uh, what are the main features in the land where you're at? Who are uh, the animals that um, share this this area with you and, and what messages might, might they bring? Um, and then connecting deeper, one of the kind of groups of spirits that um, oftentimes you connect with on the land are what I call the ancestors on the land. And so Oftentimes, they are um, the people who are indigenous to that area. And so we kind of walk through um, how to work with them and also how to connect with your own ancient earth-honoring ancestors as well so that um, you're working with your own own ancient ancestors and also the ancestors where you currently live. And then we really get into, you know, some of these more bigger (laughs) esoteric Uh, things like working with time and timelines and portals and grids and all of that type of stuff and really wrap up with um, doing this healing. How exactly do you do healing work with the land? Um, How do you uh, do a reading and a healing with a property and and that type of thing? And so all of that is, it's a, you know, online 
uh, course with videos and lots of guided meditations. And then twice a month, we meet together to practice our skills and do Q&A. And so, um, yeah, it's just a wonderful opportunity uh, if you feel drawn to this type of work um, and this kind of connection to not only learn more, but to connect with uh, hundreds of other people that feel the same way. And oftentimes they find, you know, people start connecting on, ooh, I'm getting called to work in this area. Is anyone else? And then they have a small group where they're working on a, you know, a project in a certain area and that type of thing. So it's really cool to see how uh, everybody comes together. Great. Sounds like a, a great community to be able to, to be Yeah, part. yeah, it really is. Um, now, the last question that I had on my list of questions is um, Earth Grid Keeper. I, I mentioned that in the introduction, and you just mentioned, you know, that sometimes in the, uh, the, the group that it's, you know, grids come up. So could, tell us about Earth Grids. Yeah. So, so there's, there's actually two sets of, of grids with the Earth. One is held within the Earth. And that's um, oftentimes what you might hear referred to as ley lines or that type of thing. But it's it's an electromagnetic grid system, but also uh, very energetic. There's lots of energy um, running running through these grids. And again, over many years and many generations, um, there are many places where these grids either um, have been severed, aren't working correctly, um, need to be realigned, all kinds of different things. And... um, and so oftentimes I'm called on to kind of tune into the grid specifically to um, help the energy uh, start flowing again in, in the right way or get the energy redirected where, where it should be. And so, um, so yeah, that's a, a, I find that there's a lot of people who can not just feel the grids but can, can see them on the earth. I don't see them in that way, but... Um, but there are a lot of people that are having connections and uh, feeling pulled to working with grids, but but aren't quite sure what to do what to do about that. <laughs> and so it's just another kind of kind of earthwork, um, land work, uh, healing work that can be done to to work with the grids in that way. Wow, that's great. Well. Um... Is there any um, area or anything in particular, you know, important that you think that you want to convey to the listeners that that we hadn't um, covered? Maybe some important things for this year. Oh goodness, yeah, gosh, this year—it's <laughs> so interesting <laughs> um, because not, you know, not a lot of information has been coming through to me about this year. And finally, really, what did come through was that. Um, you know, we really, now is the time to be in the now and to not be trying to kind of see into the future or know what's coming or, or know what's next and, um, you know, that, that it's all going to be okay. <laughs> but that, you know, this now moment is the place where we have the ability to actually create change or to do different things. And so the more we can um, stay in that place, the, um, the more we can help ripple the energies out to the collective that, um, you know, that's needed as we're going through this massive time of transformation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure probably a good reason why you you weren't, and and probably a lot of people weren't getting information is because, I mean, a lot of things were up in the air. I mean, you know, it seems like we're at a, not only just one fork in the road, but we're like, you know, there's like eight different forks in that same road. (laughs) Which one are we going to take? It's so true. It's so true. And I mean, that's, that's the 
point is we are deciding it, uh, kind of what's, what's coming. And so if we're, if we're spending all our time thinking about the future instead of thinking about what we want now, then it's hard to create what, what, is, uh, what it is we want to see. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Well, Amy, I, I really enjoyed our chat today. Now, um, I'm following you on, on Instagram, and I noticed that uh, people that you like I mentioned you're on, on Facebook. Um, so I really want to thank you for your time. I, I really enjoyed speaking with you, and, and uh, a fellow nature lover, um, it's always it's wonderful to share that kind of information. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed, I enjoyed our chat. You're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Amy Dempster, Earth Grave Keeper and Following Hawks blogger. Um, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is followinghawks.com. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.